Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donnie Bedney. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on dreaming big, let's hear from. All right, so this is Donnie Bedney with the Only Dream Big podcast. Uh, so excited to uh, have a good friend and brother of mine, uh, Emerson Foster, on with me today. Um, you know, gonna unpack uh, a few things. Emerson's, you know, background. Uh, you know, not only his, uh, I'll say, an amalgamation of a bunch of different things, but. Uh, I think he is definitely the definition of someone who's been able to not only only dream big, but uh, on a daily basis is driving change through people um, <laughs> regularly across multiple organizations. So I'm just excited to uh, you know have you today. Um, why don't you talk to us, you know, and, and the listeners just a little bit? Um, you know, I mentioned kind of your diverse background. Um, you know, talk to us a little bit about that, and you could even go back because uh, you, you played football. Like in, in I did, college, right? I, I did, I did. Well, first, it's a pleasure to be with you, Donnie, uh, my brother. And um, you know, who, who doesn't like to talk about themselves? Um, but um, but yeah, so you know, I was an athlete uh, growing up. Um, one thing about being you know, playing a sport, and I went off and played in college and uh, played baseball in college as well, played football and baseball in college. Um, and one thing, as you know about playing a sport, you know, it immediately thrusts you into this uh, team dynamic, right? Um, this this thing bigger than yourself, right? Being part of a unit and being part of this bigger piece. Um, and then finding your place within that, right? You know, are you going to just play your position or are you going to be a leader within the team, leader within your position group and all those things? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, w- I would say that it's for me, you know, growing up, you know, I played baseball. I pitched in baseball. Uh, when I, I, was played football, I was a catcher. Yeah, yeah. And when I played football, I was a quarterback in high school. Right, mm-hmm. wasn't very. I wasn't a very good quarterback, by the way. But I was a good pitcher, by the way. My dog thinks he's a, you know, a guard. So um, I, I may need to go close my door here because he's the wind's blowing. He's barking. Right, man. This is a let unique me, time let, that let we're me, living me, in, right? I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, it's alright. Segue, uh, not to uh, not to get off of the the baseball stuff, man. Because we, yeah. I don't think we've talked about this, but baseball is my best sport. I had a couple like Division two uh, scholarships and stuff mm-hmm. coming to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one of the things I'd love to you know touch on just for a second is you 
know, obviously we're living at a, a very unique time in history, right? Mm. And, and hopefully something that only happens like every 100 years. And so, um, you know, I've, I've already promised the listeners that I'll have uh, my two-year-old Sophia on the pod uh, yeah. eventually. But yeah. there's a possibility she may just run in, right? That's uh, right. That's so right. Of, uh, you know, what we're doing at home. And so whether it's uh, you know, pets, whether it's, uh, you know, children and, and all of that, um, you know, it's just a, it's a unique thing, man. So, I mean, I, so I know you personally, um, you know, but I've also got to witness you, you know, from afar, you know, professionally. And, you know, how are you able to, you know, balance like, you know, your, your, you know, corporate roles, which have been, you know, quite large, you know, frankly, you know, people look you up, I'm sure they will, um, you know, you can see that, but then also your time in the community, you know, founder of, uh, you know, the men's dinner group, which, you know, I've been a part of for a while. How are you able to balance that? And are you finding that, you know, even working remotely, um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe even it helps you balance it a little bit more, but. You know, this may go in the, in the, you know, kind of space of, um, kind of, um, you know, what I would ask folks to really think about um and advice I may give someone or individuals I think I think we have more capacity than we realize mm. you know 24 hours is a short period of time when you really think of with all the things that you have to do um and many of us you know our time is important to us and it should be right um I think over the years I've actually found a way I think I found a way to fit everything in Mm -hmm. so that it's not a detriment to any one thing that I am focused on, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really about how you you utilize your time. Me, I'm one, I don't sleep a lot, mm. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to do those things if I actually was not willing to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go to the gym because the, mm -hmm. the gym is important to me, right? And so yeah. whatever is important to you, you have to find time within that defined period mm -hmm. to get the things done that you want to get done. Mm -hmm. My son, Devin, and you probably will find this with Sophia, when Devin was, um, when Devin was born, my son who's now a, a, a junior at Clemson University, when he was born, was right around the time when I helped start the not-for-profit bottom line. Mm -hmm. Devin literally knew bottom line from the day he was born because he would literally come with me to my meetings because that was, you know, I'd, my wife would be working. Yeah. And I was, you know, I had Devin and Alana and they would both literally come to meetings with me yeah. for bottom line as we were yeah. trying to, you know, so just trying to be very smart about that. He's mm -hmm. come to meetings with me in my office. I, you know, at the time, you know, luckily I worked for people who understood, you know, young family, trying to do a lot of different things. And I just try to incorporate as much as I possibly could yeah. in everything I did, you know, kind of this cross functional, you know, both both community and work and family and just putting them all together in some time, you know, in, yeah. some, in some ways just to try to get everything done, right? And yeah. so just really thinking about your capacity, being smart about it and finding time uh, for you when you can. You know, yeah. being very intentional about it. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't give up my gym day. I just don't. My first yeah. thing I think about when I get up in the morning is like, how am I going to get this workout today? Because yeah. that's my, that's my balance. 
Yeah. That's my balance. It allows me to do all the other things. If I didn't do that, it would really impact my day, frankly, in, in, in a negative way. So, you know, capacity is an interesting thing, right? And, and I think sometimes you have to dig into that as individuals mm-hmm. and really truly understand what's important to you. If sleep, if sleep is important to you, mm-hmm. then you're going to spend your time doing that, right? Yeah. Um, if you really want to touch a lot of different things, mm-hmm. then you may operate a little differently. That's all. I mean, I think that I think that's huge, man. Especially for you know a, a decent amount of our listeners, I would say are, you know, either you know maybe early coming into their career or even you know, mid-career professionals who are thinking about you know this balance, right? Some of them have young families, you know, some yeah. of them maybe maybe not yet, but are planning on it and you know yeah. continuing to climb this corporate ladder or entrepreneurs, um, you know, etc. And so, you know, um, you know, as I moved into my new position, like in February. One of the big things that I've observed from just, you know, productive executives and, and you know, you would definitely be one of those people um, is this as you talk about capacity, I think it's just their ability to manage their energy. Right. Mm, yeah. um, and, mm-hmm. and that's Sophia in the background. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fresh yeah. in the park and almost. Yeah. Time. So, you know, just just managing their energy. And, and so that's mm-hmm. been a huge focus of mine. Um, you know, since February, and I would say that, you know, the, the days that I'm able to get my workout in, as yeah. I've recommitted to that, as I focused, yeah. like what I eat, what I put in my body, um, you know, although I will admit that uh, I did check out the well. Uh, and so for, for those listeners of ours, I, uh, you know, I was able to, uh, I was talking to Emerson about another topic. He was eating a Jamaican patty, and uh, I, I have not found a great Jamaican restaurant, uh, you know, just in a while. And I literally had to go uh, go over there and get Jamaican patty and cocoa bread uh, yeah. almost that same day, I think. Uh, but managing uh, my energy has been so significant, um, you know, for me, man, and 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 uh, and being productive. Um, and I think that that's something that most people don't talk about enough. Um, and so I, I feel like it, I just feel impressed, like to stay here a little bit more because once again, yeah. you know, can you, can you unpack a little bit for me, like it, this underestimating of capacity yeah. and, and managing your energy and how important that is to understand your capacity. I mean, do you stretch yeah. it to the point of like, yeah. oh, I can't go anymore or, yeah. or when you feel like you can't go anymore, is that kind of when you're just starting? Interesting. You know, I, I, where, where that takes me is like, I lean into my passions, mm-hmm. right? When I really, when you really think of, think about it, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about work, but I would put that down on the priority list from a passion perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about my family. Mm-hmm. And so whatever I can do to spend as much time with them that's productive as I possibly can, I do. Okay. I'm also passionate about their well-being, which mm. then brings the work component into it, because okay. the, you know the the best I can do on the job provides the benefits that I want to provide to them. Sure, you know, so I'm, I'm passionate about that. Yep, and obviously I'm passionate about myself and not so much healthy because I, I eat terribly, so that that I'll never be able to cover that. But but um, you know. My, I, I get, I gain energy from feeling strong. Sure. From, from exerting 
you know, kind of some energy and sweating, you know, I, I get energy from that. And so, yes, you know, I've, I've figured out over my lifetime what is going to provide the fuel that's mm-hmm. going to get me going, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the not-for-profit space provides me the fuel. I've always, you know, when I was early in my career, I, I thought that, you know, I'd be an executive director of a not-for-profit program, no question. That's just one, you know, I want to help, I want to support, I want to do all those things. And I learned pretty early in my career that, man, I could have broader impact. If I could, if I grow this career, yeah. what I could do for these not-for-profits is, is 10 times more than I could do as an executive director running just one nonprofit, mm-hmm. right? And that's literally what's happened. So as I've grown my career, hey, whether I, whether it is, you know, you're donating your time or donating your money or connecting those entities with individuals in your circle so they can raise funds and, you know, being a strategic partner and a support to those. That has all really helped to really drive value in, you know, those entities that I've supported in the community, my ability to really grow a career in, 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 on the corporate side. So that's huge. I really think it's it's really understanding what you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think when you do that, you'll find a way to make that it's almost ubiquitous to your life. You know, it's just, it's just a part of you get up every day and you find you're doing things as just matter of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my day literally is toggling between, you know, my work, my work work, which is like a job and a half. Yeah. And I'm getting these calls for whether it's the dinner group or the this or the that. And, yeah. you know, to me, I see them all kind of playing together, right? Yeah. Um, you know, my job as an HR leader is really about people. It's really about growing talent. It's really about, you know, executing a, a long range talent strategy that's going to support, uh, you know, our business. Yeah. And it's not just the people that are within the company that that feed into that. It's people who are outside the company as well. I'm trying to help to build the brand of the company in, the, in, in our community. So the more I can be out there doing that, it benefits the company. I'm trying to engage the best talent I can engage for the community. So the more I'm out there working with bottom line or the dinner group, what have you, that helps the company. So to me, the capacity, you know, I think when you get to a place where, you know, you can weave them all together, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not just me, you know, just focusing on work and then I got to go spend eight hours, you know, focusing on a (laughs) not-for-profit. And at the same time, I'm focusing on a not-for-profit, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, so it's finding smart ways to, you know, uh, bring the energy, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, to the things that you want to do, and then also tying that to what you're passionate about. Because frankly, if I wasn't, if if I was lacking passion in any one of those things, yeah. there's no way I would be thinking about, you know, this other entity while I'm sitting here trying to, you know, execute this. This, this strategy and this job because yeah. um, I wouldn't be passionate about it. It wouldn't even part, be part of my thought process until someone pinged me on. I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you, yeah, you know, the, the, the energy comes from, I think, the passion. Is that something that, you know, you've aspired to or, or early on kind of aspired to be, um, you know, you mentioned the, you know, thinking about being an executive director of a not-for-profit 
um, you know, did you think about being a people leader at, you know, a, a, a Fortune 500 or, you know, anything else? Was that something that you actually aspired to do or was it, you know, once again, kind of, you know, your passion for, you know, effectively changing, you know, people's lives or inspiring people mm-hmm. and then just, you know, something that you just continue to, you know, focus on or at, at what point did, you know, were you able to kind of make that shift? Yeah, I didn't No, I did not aspire that and I would dare say you know very few or maybe fewer um, you know those individuals that have have reached whatever levels they've reached Mm -hmm. you know saw themselves at that level early in their career I think it's this this it's this idea which has always been my idea of kind of just getting up every day and putting one foot in front of the other and Mm-hmm. You know, five or ten years from now, if you're doing something positive every day, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's value that's going to come from that. Um, you know, as a people leader, again, I think my athletic background helped to shape that. Sure. But I, but I always, I'll also say that I, I, I have a little, a little maverick in me, which is... <laughs> And not not to not to the detriment because I've also been very empathetic always mm-hmm. people. in people's situations. Even though you know, listen, you're talking about a poor kid, born in Jamaica, grew up in Lynn, Massachusetts. We didn't, you know, I didn't come from a lot. Yeah. But I've always been empathetic to those who came from even less because even in that, you know, mm-hmm. being, you know, I don't, I won't say poor, poor, but you know, certainly not coming from, you know, money. I get it. You know, I realized there were others that were certainly much worse off than I was. Mm-hmm. So I've always had that kind of felt that dynamic, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and saw that uh, pretty clearly. So I think I brought that with me. And then being in these being in these situations where from an athletic perspective was helping to shape kind of, you know, who you were and, you know, how you engage and possibly led. Mm-hmm. And I've always, again, I've had this maverick personality. Like, like me, I'm one. I've always been one that I like what I like. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in what I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and I'm okay if someone else isn't. I'm okay with that. It does, it's yeah. not going to stop me. You know, it's not going to stop me from. You know, I give you a perfect example, and you may know. I think you know this. You know, I'm a big, you know, true school hip hop fan. Mm-hmm. I'm 54. I'm 54 years old. I love the music today as much as I did when I was 22. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yeah. You know, you know so I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in 1990 to 2004, somewhere in that ballpark. You know what I mean? And so... It's a classic time in hip hop, man. No classic. doubt, no doubt. And, and so even, you know, in my 40s, I was putting together these Tuesday night events. Uh, we call them Third Eye just mm. to get together, just to listen to, to, to true school hip hop music, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and frankly, if two people came, I was good. Mm. I was good, didn't matter, you know what I mean? Because that's what I like, you know? And yeah. so I think oftentimes, I use that as an analogy to say, oftentimes as individuals, we sometimes get off our path because we feel that maybe others aren't connecting to our path the way that we want them to connect to, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 
And if I put together those events and only five people came, even though I love the music, well, why am I doing it? Only five people came. But I was doing it for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're doing it for you, <laughs> if you're doing it for you, who cares how many people come, right? Yeah. Yep. Others, others walk away from that. You follow mm. me? They walk away from it because they're not getting the positive, you know, approbation. And so therefore, in their mind, it's not of value. And for mm. me, I like that's I think that's where the leadership comes in because ultimately I'm I'm gonna love it. And I know that there are people I know it may not be you, but I know there are gonna be some people who are gonna love it and they're gonna come. And yeah. I, that's who I'm interested in, right? Yeah. And that's and that's no different than the, the men's dinner group. When we started that that thing, it was literally six of us around a dinner table. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, we would do it. You know, one or two would come here or there. Yep. This was over 20 years ago, right? But think of, you know, uh, we've, we've done some of those events where one day, you know, one event, we get 30 men, the other event, we get eight. Yeah. But again, for me, it was a, my passion was one to connect with other brothers. Yeah. And so whether it was one person in that room mm-hmm. or 300, like we had at HubSpot the last time we did it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I see value in either one of those, dy- you know, uh, dynamics, right? Yep. And I think, and I think you can't, you know, if you're going to lead, most leaders take positions where they're willing to be that only person on that island. They're willing to do that. Mm-hmm. You can't lead if you're unwilling to be that only person on the island. Leaders have to be um, able. Mm. to bring people in, pull them in, mm-hmm. have them see value in what you're doing and then lead them forward. Mm. Yeah. I don't know a leader whom their own, their perspective is, let me find what the hot thing is and, and just assimilate to that. Yeah, that's true. And you true. just become one of, you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. I think I've all, you know, so I think I've always, you know, I, later on in life, I've come to kind of understand it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I've always been that dude, you know. Like I'm, yeah. I'm okay being that person. Yeah. And and I'm still gonna be good with you. We we still gonna be good. We can still, yeah. you know, engage and connect or what have you. But I'm gonna be, you know, who I am, and hopefully it's not to the detriment of anyone or any one thing. Um, but I think you have to really be willing to step on that island. Man, this is uh, this is powerful, man. And you know. Uh, once again, we're, we're, we're on the only dream big podcast. Right. And so I think that it's so critical what you said as you know, our listeners are thinking about, you know, a dream that they have or a vision that they're trying to bring to fruition, like within an organization or anything else that it is okay to appear contrarian, but, you know, to move away, especially in this like social media, you know, type, uh, you know, time frame that we live in where, you know, somebody makes a post. And then you you spend your time like refreshing your page, just waiting to see if somebody likes it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's so powerful, um, you know, what you said and and wanted to reemphasize that because, you know, just showing up and doing it for you. I want somebody like I think there's going to be multiple people. I'm already understanding that people are going to, you know, DM me during Mm -hmm. this moment in in this uh, in this episode and say, dude, that was powerful Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me because you need to continue to show up even just for yourself Definitely. based on your passion and vision that you're trying to bring to fruition because eventually 
it'll come to fruition. Definitely, definitely. You know, there's, there's, what is it, 300 million people? I don't even know what the number of people. That's in the U.S., right? I think. Yeah, yeah in the, in the there's U.S. like eight, right. seven or eight billion yeah, yeah. Uh, in the world. So. so you just think about the, just think about that number and the, the diversity within that number, diversity of thought, diversity of people and their makeup and their perspectives. And I'll go back to my hip hop point. My, my thought process is of 300 million people, there's probably two to three, four million that think just like me. Mm. And I'm trying to connect, it's a big number still, right? Yeah. So, so whatever your dream is, whatever your perspective may be, you know, those people may not be in your immediate circle, but they're out there. They're mm-hmm. out there. And what's going to, what's, what, how you're going to reach them is really your passion, your real, your willing, your willingness to be consistent mm-hmm. in, in, in that thought or what you're driving towards or what have you. And this is not, I'm certainly not speaking to the individuals out there just want to be a contrarian just to be a contrarian. That's not me. <laughs> That's not me. A lot I'm of trolls in that, the world. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying that. I know what drives me. I know what's important to me. I know what I like. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that mm-hmm. if I am the only one that may think like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, the, the willingness to kind of stay that course and just be who you are. And, you know, what I've come to find out, people really appreciate that in individuals. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, you yeah. think everyone is, you know, they want someone who is about, what everyone else is about. No, what what really I think pulls people to people mm-hmm. are attributes that they find maybe dissimilar mm-hmm. from the attributes that they may have. Right? Yeah. Is it's 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 man, I wish I could do that. Or wow, your your perspective is different. You know, wow, I wish I, I could lean into some of that. Maybe not wholly just, you know, be like that individual, but you know, you you appreciate things that are kind of um, you know particular pieces of mm-hmm. other individuals, right? Yeah. And and so we try to adopt some of those things that make up. That's that, you know you collect things along the way yeah. to kind of make and, and shape who you are. And so again, I mean, I think I think I think people do gravitate to mm-hmm. those individuals that you know just are, are really just I'm you know I'm very sure and self-assured and I'm not perfect by any means trust me I'm not perfect by any means I got enough to work on sure but I know what those things are right I know where I'm not strong and I'm okay with that I'm looking for people who are strong in those areas so I can you know incorporate some of what they have or bring them along with me right yeah um but I do feel like I know where I am strong Mm-hmm. And I really try to play on those strengths as best I possibly can. Yeah. Well, I think that's so strong, man, when you talk about like that level of uh, authenticity, right? Um, I think that's what people are, are at times, you, you can like empower people to also be their authentic self. Yeah. And to your point about, you know, 300 million people in the US or, you know, 8 billion people in the world, there's only one you, that's right? right? Um, and so if you're, if you're willing to be your authentic self, um, I think no matter what setting you're in, uh, if you're anything other than that, it'll come to light. So there has to be a comfort. I know for me, there's a significant comfort in being who I am, you know, sticking with my values, my purpose, 
you know, yeah. and all of that. Because if if I pretend to be somebody that I'm not, that's right. And at some point, like that's going to come to light. So it's so yeah. much easier for me to, you know, as you mentioned, you know, having your children with you. I mean, Sophia has been in more mm-hmm. uh, Zoom calls, internal and external, that's right. uh, than than you know I feel like any baby. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it, it's those kind of things that I think are so powerful. Um, you know, and, and, you know, for everyone listening, I think, you know, once yeah. again, getting the opportunity, I think I mentioned it before as we're ending, um, you know, I think it was the, uh, the, 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 the great prophet, uh, Michael Jackson, who, you know, talked about, you know, looking the, looking the man in the mirror, mm-hmm. uh, let, let's be inclusive, that person in the mirror, um, you know, and, and just being willing to, you know, once again, be authentic, uh, and continue to pursue your passions. Uh, I think that those are you, you've just given some real, you know, nuggets today, Emerson. Um, you know, for people to really reflect on as they're continuing to kind of move throughout life. Definitely, definitely appreciate that. That's great, man. Well, this has been the Only Dream Big podcast. We appreciate everybody. Thanks for all our listeners, and we'll see you next week. If you like today's podcast, tune in to our social media to get updates on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram. Facebook uh, at Only Dream Big Inc. uh, and hit the subscribe button below. That's all for today, folks. See you next time.